three top biotech stocks for 2015. This is Industry Focus. Hi, Fools. Healthcare analyst Michael Douglas here uh, with uh, healthcare contributor Todd Campbell all the way from New Hampshire. Happy New Year's Eve, Todd. And to you, Michael, as well. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, uh, we have a special guest here today, uh, healthcare analyst Christine Hargis. Uh, is is joining us for her debut on Industry Focus. Christine, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Michael. All right, how excited are you to be here? Very. All right, fantastic. So we figured what better time than New Year's Eve to talk about, um, let's say, a couple New Year's resolutions. Perhaps, I don't know, some great biotech stocks for 2015. Um, So the the format we're thinking is we're just going to do a a real quick 30, 45-second elevator pitch for each of our top stocks, and then we'll go a little bit deeper, kind of, kind of peel back behind the curtain, you know, do really kind of the, the, the foolish step forward. So, Todd, let's start with you. Sure, absolutely. You know, I just realized I probably should have been wearing a green sweater instead of a red sweater since I'm talking about my favorite stock for 2015. But um, to get right into it, I think that investors should be paying a lot of attention to Celgene this year. Um, and the reason for that is that Celgene has a lot of catalysts that could translate into revenue and profit growth. Um, They did about $6 billion, $6.4 billion in revenue last year in 2013. Uh, The company in December said that by 2017, their sales are going to double that. They're going to be closer to $13 billion to $14 billion. And a lot of that's going to come on the heels or on the strength from their uh, multiple myeloma drug, Revlimid, mm-hmm. which does $5 billion in sales now, and it's going to climb to $7 billion from there. Uh, and it also has other successful drugs, including the cancer drug, Abraxane, and another multiple myeloma drug uh, that's growing very quickly called Pomalist. Yeah, all right. Sounds good. Uh, a, good uh, a good quick synopsis of Selgin's opportunities. Christine, what's your pitch? Sure. Uh, Today, I would like to talk about Gilead Sciences. I think that they've had a tremendous 2014 and still stand a lot of growth potential in 2015. So, I mean, their big story for 2014 were their hepatitis C drugs, Svaldi, and then its uh, next generation drug, Harvoni, Mm -hmm. which um, we're just starting to to see how it's going to ramp up, and that'll definitely be something to keep an eye on for 2015. But, I mean, Svaldi just knocked it out of the park, and it certainly seems like Harvoni is poised to do the same. But, of course, we can't forget about their very promising HIV franchise, which really is the core of the business. I mean, bringing in $10 billion annually in sales. So that's something to keep an eye on as well as there are some new drugs in development that can add to their dominance in the HIV market. Certainly. Well, and, and if, if you measure uh, Gilead's, uh, how, how successful and exciting Gilead is by how much we talk about it here on Industry Focus, I think it must be a pretty darn successful company. Wouldn't you say, Todd? Yeah, I mean, this has <laughs> been a fantastic story, and we've covered it a lot. Um, and, and it probably will go and become a fantastic story kid next year, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm going to... One thing we, all, we often talk about for folks who are, who are just looking to get into biotech um, and healthcare in general is to kind of look at companies with broad and deep pipelines with kind of a lot of drugs, a lot of opportunities. I am going to actually step away from that. I'm going to pitch Medivation. Um, now, Medivation has one drug, and it really only has one drug in development, too, uh, Xtandi. Um, Xtandi is a... Uh, uh, a metastatic process, uh, sorry, metastatic 
castration-resistant prostate cancer drug um, that when you look at sort of the growth ramp for the drug just looks tremendous. Um, uh, S&P Capital IQ, our friends over at S&P Cap IQ are estimating that revenues are going to be up about 28% next year and earnings up 34%. And then the year after, uh, that they're going to go up to about 35% and 43% respectively. So we're looking at essentially a doubling of both the top and bottom line over the next two years. And a lot of that's going to be tied to the fact that um, Xtandi recently uh, was approved for uh, a pre-chemotherapy indication, which is just this big, broad market of, uh, of potential in prostate cancer. Stepping beyond that, though, there's also... Uh, CDO uh, David Hung recently mentioned to Credit Suisse's uh, Rav Merodi that um, when you look at prostate cancer treatment, usually the, the, the duration from diagnosis to, uh, to finishing treatment is uh, around 14 years, 12 with the urologist and about two with the oncologist. So what they're looking to do now is figure out how they can kind of access that earlier urologist market, those 12 years, um, and really get in well before chemotherapy, well before a lot of these other treatments, and really it's sort of this upstream potential. So beyond 2015, there are some really exciting opportunities for this drug sort of much further down the road in sort of really broadening and deepening that prostate cancer market for them. So, so that's how I'm gonna, gonna, gonna pitch Medivation. All right, so let's get a little bit more into the weeds now. And Todd, let's go ahead and start with Celgene. I noticed you didn't mention Otesla. Yeah, I didn't mention it for a reason. Yeah. And the reason is that so far it's really, it hasn't taken off yet. Mm -hmm. um, as far as meaningful sales, I should say. I mean, you're talking about Celgene already has six billion in sales. So, you know, adding a few million here or there isn't, isn't going to move the needle much. But that being said, next year is a big potential year for Tesla. I mean, the, the drug won approval in psoriasis, mm -hmm. huge indication in September, 125 million people globally, um, 7 million or so here in America that this drug could, could conceivably treat. It's a multi-billion dollar indication. And Celgene has said in the past and continues to say even as of December that this is going to be a billion, billion five drug um, over the course of the next few years. They're saying a billion five by 2017. So this will be part of that strategy that gets them to the $13 billion in sales in 2017. It just hasn't moved the needle yet. Yeah. Well, and, and also I think people are going to want to watch the sort of follow-ons uh, with, with Revlimid and with some of these other drugs where they're basically, you know, going into one indication and then kind of trying to uh, expand beyond that. Um, you know, label expansion is huge for Celgene. Yeah. You know, Revlimid is at $5 billion run rate now as a second-line treatment. And in February, the FDA is going to make a decision on whether or not to, apply, to approve it for use as a first-line treatment. Mm -hmm. If it gets that approval, and if other trials pan out that they're doing that would show, uh, basically turn Revlimid into a once-a-day drug, even for people until disease progresses, Celgene thinks that those things could make Revlimited to a $7 billion drug by 2017. So you're talking about going from $5 billion today to $7 billion just for that drug over the course of the next couple of years. Yeah. Wow. So, oh, sorry, you were saying? No, that's impressive. Yeah. No, I, I mean, Todd, Todd I, I think you've hit the nail on the head. And, uh, you know, Todd and I, uh, we should probably disclose we're, we're both shareholders in the company. Um, and I think because we've just both been really confident in its, uh, in its growth ramp. Yeah, and they, Michael, they spend a lot of money in R&D, yeah. more than a lot of their peers of their size. 
And yes, that dampens down their profitability slightly currently. Um, but because of that, they have just this awesome pipeline. I mean, they've got dozens of products under development. They've got relationships with some of the fastest growing emerging biotech companies out there, including Agios and Acceleron. Mm -hmm. These are companies that aren't even baked into that 2017 forecast. Yeah, no, I think that is a, I think that's a very good point. And, and one of the reasons Celgene is, is, well, priced the way it is, I would say, right? And also sort of has the kind of opportunities that it seems to, uh, that it seems to be really capitalizing on and really doing a good job of sort of building up those sales ramps. Speaking of sales ramps, let's, let's turn to our, our friends, uh, Gilead Sciences. Um, Christine, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know, what, what, is the, what is the one thing that people should be most keeping an eye on with Gilead Sciences this next year? You know, Michael, it is hard to pick just one. Yeah. Um, I think many eyes will be kept on the ramping up of Harvoni. That's yeah. definitely set to be absolutely huge. And uh, people will certainly be comparing those numbers to the, the $9 billion in sales that we saw just in the first three quarters mm -hmm. for Sivaldi. Um, However, I think that we also really want to keep an eye on the potential approval of a drug TAF, mm -hmm. which is set to come into their HIV pipeline um, as a replacement for the active component of Viriad, which mm -hmm. is a huge part of their HIV lineup. Um, this uh, approval should hopefully come sometime in the next year and would set to be really, really important, especially as Viriad is set to come off patent in the next coming years. Yeah, no, that that is a very good point. Sort of a sort of a stepping beyond the headline, right? I think all the headlines. Todd, correct me if, if you disagree, but I think all the headlines are have have and will continue to focus on the hepatitis C franchise. But, but meanwhile, I mean, the core of the business is HIV. Absolutely. And yeah, this is right. This is a forgotten story, if you will, in 2014. Mm -hmm. This is where Gilead made its chops. And again, full disclosure, I happen to own shares in Gilead uh, Sciences as well. Um, you know, HIV is a $10 billion uh, a year business for Gilead. It's growing um, low, high single digits, low double digits uh, annually. And you're right. TAF, is, TAF has a lot of potential because if it does get you know, the go-ahead, this could extend patent protection on a lot of HIV drugs that Gilead produces that are combination drugs that include uh, Viriad, which is the, the predecessor, if you will, to TAF. So yeah, this is a good story. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I think, that, I think that's a very good point. Um, now, one thing, one thing that I think uh, folks have folks say when they look at Gilead is they say, well, okay, you know, sure, um, but hasn't this already been priced in, right? The market's known about Savaldi and Harvoni for a while. I mean, do you, do you think that's fully priced in, that, that sort of growth opportunity, or do you think there's still some potential value to be had? I would definitely say the latter there. I mean, yeah. I think that it's priced fairly. You know, it, it's not a bargain deal right now. Seven times sales, something yep, like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, PS of around seven, which, I mean, is pretty cheap when you consider the rest of the biotech industry, which is, you know, somewhere around 10 or 11 mm -hmm. on the whole. But I, I think given the amount of growth room that Gilead has, it's priced absolutely fairly and is definitely something that investors should consider going into 2015. Yeah, gosh, Todd. Uh, it's uh, it's it's amazing to hear you know biotech you know uh, a lot of it sort of trading at that ten price to sales I mean just just enormous uh, enormous valuations we're seeing in the market yeah and you know there's only you know a half dozen or so biotechs that are are generating out the kind of profitability that you know investors really want to see ultimately ultimately end up seeing I mean I suppose you could argue the Gilead is fairly cheap on forward earnings estimates. Yeah. Um, 
think that's so, a fair call. Yeah, so I, th I think that there's room for upside there. I think that investors really should remember, though, that the comparisons are going to be a lot tougher next year. Yeah. So the year-over-year -year growth is going to be less. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a, very, a very fair point, something we'll want to keep an eye on. All right, Metivation. Um, let me... Um, let me let me let me expand on a couple points. Uh, first off, um, I, I forgot to mention earlier, Xtandi is um, uh, Medivation and Astellas Pharma's drug. Uh, always important to to make sure that all the partners are included in that. Um, I um, it, it's funny because when I look at Medivation and we're talking you know valuation, uh, Medivation is pretty darn expensive. I mean, it's trading at about ten times next year's estimated sales, uh, which is not cheap, frankly. Um, but I, I, I think that the market um, is beginning to price in, but still perhaps hasn't adequately priced some of the really incredible growth opportunities this drug may have. I mean, they're, they're looking at um, potentially this drug, uh, Xtandi, in breast cancer, um, and they're, they're sort of attacking prostate cancer a number of different ways. Um, so I, I think it's a drug to be, uh, to be pretty excited about. Yeah, and those are huge indications, but Michael, that's, that's one drug that they have. Yeah. I mean, how, how do you weigh that in? How do, yeah, well, and especially it's, it's a drug with competition, let's be honest, right? Uh, Johnson & Johnson, Zytiga. Um, although, you know, when analysts have looked at the two, uh, the two drugs, now, they've not been running head-to-head, -head, but when looking at the two drugs, analysts have said, on the whole, it looks like the drug for, ex the, uh, the data for Xtandi is a little bit better. Um, and now that Xtandi is, is, is moving into these newer and, and sort of uh, further upstream indications, I think there's a lot of opportunity for it to, to punch back as Zytiga and, and steal market share. And actually, there's one trial that, that I think really, um, really exemplifies this. It's the PLATO trial, which is supposed to read out in late 2016. So not a 2015 catalyst, to be fair, but in late 2016. And basically, it's Zytiga, prednisone, and Xtandi versus just Zytiga and prednisone. Um, in, uh, in, in pre-chemo, um, um, uh, pre uh, metastatic castration-resistant prostate cancer. So what you might have there is um, essentially everyone who's on Zytiga and prednisone, whose doctor has them, is, you know, if, if the data looks like, oh, Xtandi plus Zytiga looks better, well, they might say, oh, okay, well, we'll just add Xtandi to what they've already got. So that's a nice way for uh, Medivation to potentially uh, steal some more of that market share, even while they're also hopefully kind of winning in the head-to-head -head against Johnson & Johnson. I, I like their chances, personally. Yeah, you know, Michael, there's some evidence, too, that you're going to be right on this. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at, Zytiga was also approved originally for the post-chemo, mm -hmm. and then got approved later on for the pre-chemo indication. As a post-chemo drug, I mean, a pre, yeah, a post-chemo drug, it was doing about a billion in sales a year. As a then when it went and got the extra indication, it went to a billion seven. Okay, so you have seven hundred million dollar pop after you got that pre chemo indication for Zytiga. The reason that's important to Medivation is that Medivation is the market share leader now in the post chemo indication. Right. So they have moved ahead of, if you will, Zytiga. Yeah. in that indication, which would suggest that they could outperform a winaway share in the pre-chemo indication. And if that happens, you do, yeah, you've got a drug that's gone from 500 million to a billion to potentially a billion five or more in fairly short order. Yeah, well, and, and, and to be honest, I mean, uh, I, I think it's J.P. Morgan has estimated as much as $6 billion for the drug. Now, I think that, that $6 billion might be, might be a little rich for it. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not willing to, to guess that much quite yet. Um, and, and let's face it, because there is commercialization risk always, and because 
uh, frankly, especially that's true when you're up against Johnson and Johnson of all people, right? I mean, they are kind of the gargantuan uh, 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 gorilla in the space. A little um, bit of experience. Yeah, you know, they, they, they're pretty good at their job, from what I hear. Um, but um, but then there's also, of course, a, you know, they are running a number of additional trials, and so it's hard to say see exactly how much um, this drug could potentially make. That said, I am very comfortable that it is going to be a heck of a lot bigger. Um, than it is right now, and I think that we will really see that ramp over the next couple of years and have a much better sense of exactly what this company might be worth. Um, it's, uh, it's a company I'm really excited about. Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm thinking we all pitched companies we were very excited about. Um, you know, here at The Motley Fool, we really, really, uh, one of the things we really focus on is great growth stocks. Growth stocks like these biotechs. Growth stock like some of the great tech stocks, you know, uh, the Amazon.coms, the Netflixes, the Apples that have really just cleaned up and, and, and beaten the market year in and year out over a long-term holding period. Um, and, and here at The Motley Fool, um, you know, David Gardner actually has some, some ways that he tries to identify what he calls these rule-breaking stocks. Um, so encourage folks who are listening or watching the video to send us an email, growth at fool.com. Again, that's growth at fool.com, and we will, uh, and, and we can, uh, we can send you a, a free report on sort of how David identifies those fantastic stocks. So again, that one more time, that's growth at fool.com. Thanks much, everybody. Todd, Christine, thank you for for being on the show with me today. Um, please check back to fool.com, and of course, the Industry Focus podcast for all of your investment, healthcare, and otherwise needs. Fool on. <laughs>